But before the men's convention, I began to teach you. I began to teach you on overcoming the devil's schemes. And I intend that I will carry on with that. But I want to say also to you that the Lord told me from January, that January to June, that I should teach you to establish your foundation. And that's what I did throughout January to June. If you look at all the messages I've taught, they are deep messages to make you stand firm in God. To give you the understanding of who you truly are, so that you can really, you know, stand the storms that is coming upon the earth. Then this is July. And the Lord said to me that from July I should treat this church as if, you know, we're just beginning. So, by the grace of God, next Sunday, I will begin to give you published materials for the home group and for the Bible study of everybody. What we will be doing, looking at from next Sunday is, you know, when this church started, I taught the church through, I took them through theology and also part of divinity so that anybody who comes to Christ with Tabernacle Church what people learn in Bible school, Bible college, you will have learned them here. Really, I remember that Pastor, um, Pastor uh, Emmanuel, uh, after about three years or so, we sent him to Rema. That is the Bible school of, uh, of uh, Kenneth Hagin. After he spent six, his first six months, the lecturer called him and said, what are you doing here? You know everything that we are teaching you. You must have gone to Bible school before. And Paul said, no. He said, this is what we teach in our Sunday school. And it's very good for a Christian to know the Bible. If a Christian does not know the Bible, it is a great dilemma. Because a person who does not know the, book, the manual of his practice, it is consequential to fundamental failure and misery. And so we're going to be going through that. But, however, on Friday, you started to watch my teaching tapes for many years ago. And uh, the one you started watching now is spiritual warfare. <clears throat> spiritual warfare. But, you know, those of you who were there, if you were not there on Friday, let me say to you first that Friday meeting has been moved down to 9. From this Friday, we are going to be holding our Friday meeting at 9 p.m. So that we'll do that meeting 9 p.m., 11, 11.30, we close. Because we discovered that a good number of us come here at 12 on Saturdays for evangelism. Every 12 p.m. Saturday, there is evangelism here. And um, I thought it's better we move our service earlier so that people can get back home, especially those who live far. They can get back home. But those of you who watch the program on my teaching on the spiritual warfare, one thing that uh, you recognize, if you were not in this church at the time, is that Apostle Williams has not changed. I haven't changed. The messages that I taught for 20 years is what I'm still teaching. The only thing is that I have gone deeper in the teaching of those messages. But as for the message, they remain the same. You cannot discover any new thing under heaven. 
than what is already written in the scriptures. But your knowledge of the word of God, if you are a Christian, must increase with your age in God. That is, if you are a Christian for one year, what you know in one year, if you go back to the same thing in the second year, you will know deeper. And if you look at this month, this month is the month of revelation. And the scripture that God has given us for this month is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. If we read it together on the board, please. Ephesians 1 17. Shall we read it together? Why are you looking at me? I pray. Let him let us read it again. You see what that scripture says. Paul says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. So a Christian is supposed to know God better every day. You are supposed to know Jesus better every day. Let me help you understand something. What will you achieve when you know God better? Look at Second Peter 1 3. Second Peter 1 3. It says, God's divine power has given you. I want somebody swift on that place, please. God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Do we see this? Now, there is nothing you need in this world that has not been given to you by God. And that has to do with what I'm teaching you today. My teaching with you will be about 15, 30 minutes. Know this if you are born again. There is nothing you need in your life that has not been provided to you. Okay? But the Bible says that provision for life and for godliness is through our knowledge of Jesus Christ who called us by his own glory and goodness. So, which means you cannot unlock anything about your life beyond the knowledge of Christ that you have. Now, the more knowledge of Christ you have, the more you unlock destiny the more this life becomes easier to, to live and to excel. Your labor will not become a fuel for destruction. You will not labor in vain. You will, not, you will not struggle without any results. Listen to me. First thing is that everything you and I need for life, which is career, business, and so God has provided it. Second thing is that what we need for godliness, that is spiritual gifts to manifest and, you know, be a blessing to other people, God has provided it. Okay. But you cannot unlock them unless you have the knowledge of Christ growing in you. And it says, the next verse, please. 
through this, He has given us His very great precious and precious promises. What does the Bible refer to this? It is the first one. God's divine power has given you everything you need for life and for godliness. All right? Through God's provision for life and godliness, that is referred to these here. All right? He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you might participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in this world caused by evil desire. So, through these two provisions of God, your provision for life and for godliness, God had given you promises so that you may partake in the divinity of God. You know, if you refer back to a few weeks ago, I was teaching you about the book of Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. And when I talked about God, really in the men's convention, I, when we talk about born to rule, I showed you in the Bible that the primary purpose for which God created man is to be a ruler of this world. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion. And in verse 27 it says, And God created man in his image. In his image he created them, male and female created ye them. So that in verse 27 it helps you and I to understand that that promise is not limited to gender. It is for male and female. God didn't create middleman. He created males and females on earth and that's it. Any other thing is not from God. Then in verse 28, he says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion and rule over. So we understand, therefore, that man lost the rulership in chapter 3, and Jesus restored that rulership by going to the cross. So that the image and the likeness of God, which was lost in man, was restored through salvation by the cross. So for them who are in the cross, to partake in the divine nature, God had given you precious promises so that you may participate in that rulership. And you can escape the lies of this world. You know, mommy and I was driving down today. And while we were driving down, a, a reflection came to my mind about a friend of mine who was, is a man of God. And what it came to my mind is like, you know, his memory came, like I can invite him. Very good teacher. Preaches very, very well. But, after he had become mighty... He went into error and began a new doctrine. And immediately as I thought of him, I remembered instantly that he died. Himself and his wife died in one day. And I sank into my spirit. And I told my wife, 
We are coming together. I said, never you preach error in your life. I said to her, I just had, he said, why did you ask me that? Tell me that. I said, I just had a reflection of these people, like as if we are still together. And instantly it came to my memory that they have both died. And I said, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? For death is the destiny of all men. That is the reason why, as a child of God, if you don't increase in the knowledge of God daily, you will be taken away by the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. I would get there now. You know what makes people do all manners of dubious things so that they may get what they thought they were intent? It's because they have no knowledge of Christ. And believers can fall a victim too when a believer doesn't have an increasing knowledge of Christ. Are we together? So therefore, the next verse says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, what? And to goodness, let's read together. For this very reason, Excuse me. Is this the cathedral? You are not reading the Bible here. You are mumbling. Read the Bible, the Holy Bible. Let me hear your voice very clearly. Shall we together? Uh huh. And then the next verse to knowledge. Uh huh. And then, stop. Do you know this is the bedrock of success? If you are a businessman and you want to be successful, this is the fundamentals. You can, with this principle, you can take a business of ten pounds to PLC. If you are an academician, if you have an intention in life to become a genius in whatever you are doing, with this principle, you can become a genius. You can become a first class student. Successful in everything. Listen to me very hard. Your efforts. You must make effort to add values. That's what he's saying here. You make effort to add value. I have taught you in this church and I have shown you in this church that there is no good thing impossible to achieve. Justly. Last week, I will tell you this. I, uh, during the men's convention, we finished praying and we are going to, to finish service. We are going to pray over there. And one of the pastors was working with me, a grandmother. And I said, oh, you are in school? She said, yes. I said, um, you should have finished your degree. Oh, she said, yes. I have. I said, what do you expect from your degree now? She said, 2-1. I said, okay, 2-1 is good. It's permissible. It's permissive will. And then, two days after, she came to me and said, Daddy, 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 my result has come out. I want to show you. I said, what is this? She says, first class. I, I was almost carrying her up. She's a grandmother. 
Pastor Tijani, and she came out with first class in, his, in her BSc. I said, I will celebrate you. You are my pride. If you look at, from the way I've been teaching you over the past few years, excellence has become the primary goal of everybody. The reason why many people don't attain it is because they don't have it as their primary goal. You can succeed and exceedingly if you have the understanding of the Bible. Jesus is the one, the principles of Jesus Christ is the one that any successful human being on earth have adopted, though many don't know him. That scripture says to a Christian, make every effort. He didn't say make some effort. Add values to your life daily. Now he's talking about godliness. And he gave you the breakdown of adding values to your life. All things are yours. It says, add to faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. Don't let the knowledge control you. But you control that knowledge. And to self-control, that is discipline. Be disciplined, that's what he's saying. Your yea be yea, your nay be nay. Perseverance. If you understand what perseverance is, it takes perseverance to build a business for 20 years before you hit it. That is, being structured and consistent and waiting consistently. If you come to church every Sunday, may God forgive you forever. Because I don't know somebody who went to university one day in a week and he came out with good grade. How can you have the knowledge of him you have not known, you have not been taught? Whereas, it's that knowledge you need to add values. Why should a Christian be fed up of life when others are just beginning that life with excitement? Why should a Christian say that I am tired of living? Oh, come on. Something is wrong with your efforts. Make every effort to add to anything you have. I told you in this church, some of my doctors will invent cures for diseases. You didn't get what I just said. (laughs) I will push all of you until you invent. Inside you is the brain that can invent. You will not know it until you make effort. To think about it and go for it. There is nothing good. Everyone cannot study and excel in it. There is nothing good every one of you cannot do and succeed in it. But understand, it is through your knowledge of Christ. Ha! It says, God in his brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness love. Let's read the next verse. Shall we together? If you... Uh-huh. Read it again. Okay, let's stop. Let's stop. I'm going to hand over the microphone to somebody and I'm going back to New Cross. 
I don't know what you guys are doing. You know, my vo- I lost my voice. Eh? But when I preach, it has to be found. When I finish preaching, it can be lost again. It's his business. The Bible says, blessed are those who read aloud the word of this prophecy, isn't it? Because when you read the Bible, you are releasing God to the atmosphere. Because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, John 1, 1. The word was with God. And the word was God. The word was God. He is God. So, when you read the word, you are reading God. By him all things were made. When you read the word, it creates things. But you must read it from the heart. I will together now. So let's read the word of God again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those of you who are business managers understand that. Or if you are an academician, understand that. The only thing that can keep you ineffective and unproductive, that is it. If you possess these qualities, not just possessing, but an increasing measure, that you seek daily better values in life. You seek daily to add to your value. Not just sit down in one spot all your life and allow every thought that will discourage you to overpower you. Allow every thought that will demean you to cause you to be blind to see the potential inside you. And then admit failure. You possess this thing. Let me say this to you. Anything you do towards God is what you can use for life. If you possess this thing in these qualities, in increasing measure, adding values to life all the time, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So, the more knowledge of Jesus that you have, what happens? The more like Jesus you become. Are we together now? Come on now. <laughs> you, you made me come down from the pulpit. I love to be near you so that eyeball for eyeball. What has this to do with what I'm teaching you overcoming the devil's scheme? I'll show you now. Satan doesn't want you to believe in yourself. So we started that discussion from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. And you see what it says? But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray. From your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So the devil knows that if you possess possess the qualities in an increasing measure, you will be effective. You you will not be unproductive. You will be successful. You cannot dream and it doesn't come to pass. Any dream you dream will be a good dream and the good dream will come to pass. You don't need money to to be a rich man. No, you don't need money. There are people who have money who are looking for somebody who has brain. They don't have the brain. And when somebody can bring something out that is a good venture, they will, they will partner with you and they will fund it. Are you, are you with me now? Something that will be unique, that will address the need of humanity, you come up with the answer. 
You will see many people knocking your door and begging you. I would gather. But you cannot go to the range of place of invention. Alright. If the devil can deceive you. That you are worth nothing. Look at this scripture. I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning. Your minds may somehow be led astray. Let me help you break this down again. And then we end up with um, the things that cause affliction and solution to it. This scripture says, began by talking about Eve. I told you recently that the Lord, the Lord sat me down recently and said to me that, Did you consider these words? Eve was led astray by the devil. And God said to me, you remember? I created Eve with my hand. She was perfect. I put her nose into my nose and breathed into her. And she became a living being. And God said to me, I visited her. In the cool of the day, sat with her, ate with her. She held my hands. We played together. You know, there are some people who always think that, um, you know, when we read things like this in the Bible, they think that, oh, that's a fiction. Oh, I remember one time ago that the Lord took me in a revelation and I was in the presence of the Father. And the evidence that it was the Father, four times, I've been to heaven and I told you, those of you who are here then, you, you are firm with me. What God told me, the Father told me, we happen on earth, happen immediately. When I came, I told you that in this country, this is going to happen, and it happened. That's going to happen, it happened. One of them, I told you, two days, it happened, straight away. The, the impossible for the nation was made possible, because the Father told me in his presence that this man, look at, and he sent an angel, took the tyranny, they turned the tyrannic leader out. And he said, go and tell my people I've taken this one out. Two days, it happened. The things he said about the economy happened. The things he said about people, about nation happened. So which means that this story of the Bible is true. Because I am a living soul who encountered the same thing. But I encounter in the spirit that you too will. But these people encounter God physically. Okay? We encounter God in the spiritual. But they saw God physically. But yet, Satan deceived them. Now, now, the second thing you must not forget here is that where is the target of the devil in you? you? Your mind. Your mind. Your mind. Which means that if your mind and my mind are the target of the devil, it means that it is through suggestions. <clears throat> All right. So in Genesis chapter three, the devil went to the serpent went to to Eve and said that did God really tell you? So it means that the people who can deceive you and mislead you, the vessel the devil can use are people who know you and who you know, people you trust. So listen to me. And it said here that your mind may be somehow led astray. For anything to lead another person astray, you must follow the leading of that which is leading you. Yes? So it means that God is telling you, Christians must be careful with association. In business world, they call it networking. You don't network with somebody who cannot add anything to your life. You don't go to business and meet people who, who, look, who look very, very excellently done. When my pastor was telling you when you are when you are in a business seminar 
and you met people, you know, in a, in a, you know, in a business trip, and they give, they talk about what they are, and they bring their card out. You can evaluate them by their card, isn't it? <laughs> Listen to me, therefore. Watch your association. You cannot be led astray unless somebody else took your leading, took over your leading. I we together now. So therefore, there will be people in church who have been astray. And they will try to lead you also astray. There will be people in the world who are not Christians, alright, who are astray, of course. Anybody who is not born again is astray. A straight person is somebody walking around aimlessly. He doesn't know where he's going, but he's just walking. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3 tells us that those who are not born again are under the control of Satan. We were there before, and you know what I'm talking about. So therefore, guard your mind is the wellspring of life. That is the word of the Lord. Do not allow any man to lead you astray. Because Satan will use vessels. Therefore, Eve was deceived. Deception comes into the mind and it will lead you astray. But what is it targeting? It targets your pure and sincere devotion to God. Let me say something to you. In this church, God is blessing us. <clears throat> when, I ask, when I look at, you know, what, what can I ask from God for Christ with Tabernacle? Nothing. 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 On my tape that I played on Friday, there were mixed feelings in it. I saw some of you who were in that tape many years ago, and I remembered the level you were. But I look at you today, and I say, yes, God, you have tried for us. You have tried for us. Because those who are adults who were there and who are still on today have increased in everything that they do. Those who are children at the time have become graduates in various professions, successfully before my eyes. Businesses, successful before my eyes. Not only that, married. Some of them having children. Listen to me, therefore. To follow God, peace. The only thing you lose by obeying God is regret. You will not have regret. The only thing you gain by disobeying God is regret. If you disobey God, you will always regret. So what we will do therefore? We will obey the Lord. I didn't hear that, amen. Do you want to disobey so we will obey the Lord. Let me hear you. <laughs> Satan lose. Now, we understand therefore that to overcome the devil is a matter of our decision in our mind. Yes? Let me chip this in. While I was coming today, I was watching uh, the little screen on my, on my, in my, listening to the uh, broadcast in my car. And they said that uh, some people died some children are dying, committing suicide because there is a game that uh, some, some people did and those children will watch the game and the game will say you have nine things to do and one of the things that the game tells them to do is to watch horror film all night. You know, I've told you about horror film, isn't it? 
Will it cause something horror? Can it come from the Holy Spirit? It come from who? The house of horror. Who is the head? Lucifer. <laughs> and who are the people who put it on television? The witches. <laughs> and Satanists. Luciferians. They are the one who put it there. And you don't think they put it there to make you good. So if you are a Christian and you sit down watching horror film, if rapture happened there, you will be left behind. Because the Holy Spirit will be asking you, 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 are, you are sitting down watching somebody going to kill somebody. What spirit lives in you? You want to watch a killer. You derive pleasure in sitting down to see somebody going to strangle somebody. They say somebody is a Dracula. You don't know they are initiating you into witchcraft. If you are not interested in killing people, let me look at natural sense now. If you are not interested in killing people, and you are watching people killing people, you have only wasted your good time that you will have added better values to your life. We agree together then. I would rather sit and watch men who are intelligent speaking or reading books from men who are very, very intelligent, even if they are not Christians. Something very educated. I will watch that. Rather than sitting down watching a man lying to me, they won't shoot this one tomorrow, they shoot the other one tomorrow. What are they promoting? Evil. They should legislate and ban all violent films all over the world. Those are the people they should legislate against, not Christians. I will get that now. These kids, the ninth thing they told them to do is to go and commit suicide. Jump from a hill. And I was, I was shocked when I heard that China, some, uh, you know, it has been recorded, some kids in China went and jumped off the cliff. Uh, uh, Europe went and jumped off the cliff. Uh, and other countries like that. But they now mention Kenya. I say, Kenya, okay. <laughs> How can an African man be like that? It's not African to watch a film and somebody told you to go and jump. In Africa, we don't jump like that. <laughs> that, that is the truth. I mean, that you have more problems in Africa than to go and be jumping. <laughs> you have to go and jump and kill yourself. It's not African to go. Somebody gave you a, a, a play and you are playing it. And he says that watch all of him. You, you are so stupid, you went to watch all of him. And then the ninth thing he says that you can jump from the cliff. An African child will say, you two jump. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. I don't know. I, I mean, that's just the way. Uh, am I lying? Uh, so when they said that a Kenyan went to jump, I said, that is not a real African Kenyan. Only God knows where I come from. But whatever the case may be, is this. If somebody sending a game to another person's device can captivate the mind of that person to the place of making the person take his life, you can understand that what the Bible says about the devil is true. John 10.10 10, The thief has come, but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, three things that can open doors for affliction or that can make affliction happen in life of people. Let me show you. Psalm 1 and 7. I will deal with one, and then, no, the second one too, and then we stop. It will really begin from verse verse. But let me read from verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love what? I will read in this together. Go back to verse 1. I want to make sure you follow me when I'm talking the word. Give thanks to the Lord, for he was? And his? Say, some, say to somebody, God is good. Say it again, God is good. He's loving too. 
I can tell you of him. His love endures not just for a short while. The true love of my life. He's God. His love endures forever. Yes. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord so what? Say this. If you are not born again, you can't say that. God loves all mankind. And his love endures for them until they receive it. By accepting this only son. Jesus is the only way to God. There is no political correctness there. You want to go to God? If you don't know Jesus, I'm sorry when you die. Don't make a mistake to die. If you die, you will be sorry. It's like somebody who wanted to become a medical doctor and he went to a carpentry shop to learn how to operate human beings. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Now I want to show you something here. That foe is the devil. Redeemed from the world, from the hands and dominion of Satan. Now look at the next verse. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from the north and south. That is people he had gathered saved by the blood of the Lamb, washed from all nations of the earth. And he says in verse 4, Some among them, saints of God, wandered in desert wasteland, though they have been redeemed by God, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Listen to me. Go back to verse 4. This is not because they sinned. And this is not because they rebelled. People can be victim of circumstances in this world. And so they are not successful. Those victims may be victims because of an ignorance... Because, you know, the, the, the line, borderline between success and failure is knowledge. That's all. Knowledge is the borderline between success and failure. Okay? If you are ignorant about marriage, you will suffer a lot in marriage. I just told them in New Cross. There are women, very good women, and they marry into... Terrible men. Alright? They are very, very good. And they became victim under a wild man. A man who would not walk. A man who does not have responsibility. A man who does not know what love is. A man who does not... He, doesn't, he didn't have a good father bringing. Upbringing. And these women just were victims. And they suffered so much. It's not because of their sin. Same thing you have some men, very good men. Very good men. And they married terrible women. Women who have messed up the whole of their lives, left with every man and every being that is crawling. After they have used themselves terribly, the man ignorantly hooked into their net. 
and they came home, those new women would be very, very ferocious. They would beat the man. They would abuse the man. They would do all stuff like that. They are victims. Let me give you an example also. Do you know you have been watching over the few years people coming from Libya trying to enter Europe? And along the water, they capsize and they die. And they come into our country, they come into our own continent here, Europe, and we say to them, you are a victim of, uh, you are, your, your circumstance is uh, economic. You are economic migrants. And because you are economic migrants, we can't give you a stay here. Yes? But on the other side, we tell them that if you can lie, we give you a stay. So, if a woman is running and they cut them and say, are you, what's happened to you? I say that they want to circumcise me in my village. We say, yeah, you take a stay. You are a migrant. Somebody came here and said that Boko Haram is after me. Look at the, they are behind my door. You give them stay. Maybe they were born in Lagos. Boko Haram is in the north. They don't know what Boko Haram is. And once you Boko Haram or ISIS, then they give you stay. Yes? Do you know something? The bottom line is that they are victims of, of, of economic migrants. And they found themselves as victims that their country, they believe they cannot make it. They believe that the system is not good for them. The system is not working for them. And they had, one of them was speaking on television this week. He said that, you know, if I had known that Europe is what I see, I would not have left my country. He said, we were shown Europe, beautiful place, and everything is good. There is nobody who has problem there. And we came. And I found out, ah, is this Europe? I was still asking for another Europe. But he said, this is Europe. <laughs> Hallelujah. They never showed them that uh, some people are homeless in Europe. They walk over the streets. They never showed them that there are gun crimes in Europe. It's like Europe is just paradise. Those guys are victims in their own country. They have not committed sin to be victims of that nation. Terrible government of the nations, tyrannic people. So they are looking for a better land. So therefore, you can find yourself in a situation of wasteland, walking around and turning around without knowing where you're going. And yet you are born again. How do you get now? Even if you are not a Christian. It's not everyone that has the circumstance, <clears throat> the devil is behind it. No, they are just victims of circumstance. I will together now. I will show you the distinction between people who are victims and people who are disobedient and they are, you know, oppressed by demons. But these people, the Bible says, they couldn't find their way to the city. Anything they do, they never succeed. You know, all effort is in vain. And the next verse now says... They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. One generation is poor, the next generation carries on the poverty, the next generation is even poorer. Okay. But there's a solution for anyone who finds himself like that. Look at the solution, the next verse, I read it together. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. And what happened? Uh-huh. It delivered them from their distress. Listen to me. So if you find yourself in misery, in distress, in gloom, you can cry out to God, He will deliver you. You don't have to cry through any anointed man. Cry yourself. 
God wants to hear your cry. Look, let me say this to you. The most anointed man cannot know what you are going through. God gives us vision, but in parts, we can only see little, 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 little. Because God is the only one who knows all things. But this scripture is saying to me that whatever situation you meet yourself, by virtue of circumstances, that what you need to do is not to groan, is not to mourn, is not to grumble, is not to ask questions, why, why, why me, why me? You are, it's you already. Why is it why me? <laughs> you are laughing, but is it truth? Is it not the truth? Huh? Something happened to me. It didn't happen to any other person. I say, why me? It is me already. That thing has identified me and it's already me. It's already with me. But what do I do? I cry to God. I cry to God. Listen to me. If you can cry, God can hear. But it has to be your voice for you. Don't pay for what you can do. If anybody tells you that, so you see that we will cry to God, they are liars. They are going to hell who say that. You know, this is on television and it's worldwide. All ministers who come and lie to people that they should pay money for what God has promised freely. If you think God will accept them in heaven, that will not be a just God. Common sense tells us that. Are we together? If Jesus was here arresting people, holding people for what they give before he can perform, he will not go to the cross. Because who can pay for the cross? Who can pay for the cross? Let me say something to you. You are the one that is having problem. God wants to hear your voice. He knows your name. Instead of sitting down and blaming everybody for, for your problem, which you have done all the years, he didn't pay you, get out of the shell and talk to God. Try to God directly. Talk, tell God what you are going through. If you can be sincere with God and understand that anybody, God is not the father of any man under heaven that he's your father. I am Apostle Alfred Williams. I'm the presiding bishop of Christ in Tabernacle. I'm an anointed man of God. I've sat in the council of God. I've been to heaven more than 14 times. And I'm telling you, I have never been to heaven and God tells me that people should come through you. Jesus is the only one who said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. You will find rest for you. So when you go to Jesus, not when you go to pastor, not when you go to any, any general overseer or bishop or anybody. You, we have the place of authority where we can bless you, where we can pray for you. But it is a wrong order for you to think that when you have a problem, it's only your pastor you call. Call on God before you talk to anybody. Are you with me now? The reason why many people don't get out is because it's wrong order. Their Savior is a mortal man. The Bible says, woe to he that has confidence in a man. He shall be like a thorn bush. He says when he sees prosperity, he will not see prosperity when he comes. Look, all of us born again, we are God's children, correct? Have you had anybody who is called a better title than a child of God? So what, what does child mean? You go to your father, you don't, go, you don't send your senior brother, you go to your father. They cry to the Lord. What happened after they cried to the Lord in their distress? Verse 7, it says, I say God will lead you out. But by your cry. He led them by a straight way. He will make all your crooked paths straight. That is God for you. Because his steadfast love endures forever. 
He led them to a city where they could settle. God will lead you to a place where you will settle in your life. Uh-uh. I have people in this church who came here. Like, my life is finished. I look at them. You know what I say? You are still talking. <laughs> hey, darling. That's what devil make me to believe sometimes that my life was finished. But I declare that whenever devil make you believe your life is finished, it's because you are just beginning life. So when they finish all their, tell me why your life is finished. They tell me all the stories of this world. I will sit down and listen. And when they finish all this, so it could be two hours, they talk. You know some people can talk. They don't know you have other things to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Once they start talking like this, I suggest this. They will give you the stories of um, how they were led from Babylon to Syria and all this stuff. At the end of the day, they expect you to say, Ah, what's a big problem? I just say to them, There's no problem. <laughs> Somebody had told me before that, Man of God, with all these things I've said to you, I said, There's no problem. He said, if there's no problem, what about all this that has happened? I said, because you haven't met me. You have just met me now. And you finish your own story. I listen. So you must listen to my own too. What is my story? There's no problem. How can there be a problem when there's a God in heaven? I will show you to the house of solution. It is you with your mouth crying to your God. Then I will support you. I will support you. I won't say because there are, the time is not much. I will have told you some testimonies, but I, I won't have time to say that today. Maybe when I talk to you next time, we'll talk about testimonies. People who came to me and said, I'm finished. <laughs> okay, okay, you are finished, good. You kneel down there, talk to God. And when they were when finished talking to God, I said, okay, now let me pray for you. As I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, what they said is finished. The Lord revealed to me. What's the solution? Lord, go now, do this, do this, do this. They did it next week. Solution. Solution. Because what? I, fought, I showed them the principle. Talk to God first. If, God, if I will see a vision for you, do you think I have the vision power? No man has it. It is God who puts it there. I've shown you in, in Peter. Now, if you talk to the God who puts the grace inside me, passionately, and you, it's Him you connect to, then, if I pray, I won't labor to pray. I won't sweat. Father, do it. Do it. Which one is that? Is God sleeping? Father, you must do it. You must do it. Do what? Because you have prayed to God and you come to the one who carries the grace. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I see straight away. I see straight away. I see straight away. But you must be somebody who seek God yourself. It is your seeking God that will energize the grace inside anybody. Even you may not talk to me because you are praying to God for something. It happened in this church. You have been praying over something. I passed before you. And the Lord will tell me, tell him this. And I say, come, come, come. This, you know, you are seeking God for this. Okay, this is what God is saying. This is what is going to happen. And so, hey, hey, apostle, apostle. Yes, because it's you who sought God, not me. The grace that God gave to us, which is gift, he gave gift to you to serve others. He gave gift to me to serve others. Yes? 1 Corinthians 12. Alright? So therefore, anybody that grace you work for must first obtain mercy. And if you pray, that's what brings you mercy. 
And if mercy locates you, anybody who has grace passing beside you, they will stop and they will bless you with the grace because mercy located you, because you cried to God. And a child can cry to God, God will hear. Another can cry to God, God will hear. Look at finally. It said in the next one, quick, let them what? Give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds. To who? To who? Who is the man? Who is the man? Who is the man? God will do it for you. The next verse. There's a second case. And we're going to stop there. God satisfied this with thirsty. I'll finish this. He satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with, with good things. Go to the next scenario, which is the next verse. Look at this. It says some sat in darkness. You see that there are different things. The other one was gloom, confusion. But this one is in darkness. And gloom, really. This one. They sat in gloom and they sat in darkness and deepest gloom. This tells you about demonic powers. Now. And it says, prisoners suffering in iron chain. So this is talking about people who are bound by demons. Either they are Christian or not. They are in darkness, total darkness. People who have great substance, but they never see anything about their life. You can imagine a person who locked himself into a room. He never washes clothes until all the room is smelling and stinking. Until he becomes a person that even after washing his clothes, he's still smelling. And he puts up manners of perfume on it. He's still smelling death. You call them depressed. And doctors say that they have psychosomatic or psychosomatic. Is that what they call it, doctor? Psychosomatic? Psychoso? Psychosomatic? Oh my God. Psychosomatic. I don't know who on earth thought about that word. <laughs> they call them depressed. They say they are psychiatric. Oh yeah? Let me tell you something. There's a demon behind that. There's a demon behind that. But these people sat in darkness, deepest gloom. They were bound by chains. What can cause it? Look at the next verse. Shall we read it together? Now, this is where I want to stop and I will teach you deeper on this. Two things. If you look at that first, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. It said the devil will try to lead you astray from your sincere and pure devotion to God. Okay? When your sincere and pure devotion to God begins to dwindle down, what happens to you? This is what I want to show you. You'll be bound by demons. You'll be bound by demons. That's why you have Christians that are bound. You can't be possessed if you are born again. But you can be bound. You can be kept in darkness. You can be kept in deepest gloom. I would gather now. Look at what it says here. They suffer in chains. For they have rebelled against two things. The words of God, which is the Bible. They have their own way of interpreting this Bible. <laughs> Let me give you a joke. Someone wrote to me some exegesis. I said many, many, many things. He said that Christians today... Instead of carrying Bible, they are carrying iPad. I said it's because he's uneducated. He's uneducated. 
Next Sunday, we began to look at what I call rivers of inspiration. This is what I taught CFT at the beginning, where we look at how was Bible written? On what material, what was the first material upon which the Bible was written? How was it invented? What is the second material before it became a book? How some people try to translate the Bible and they suffer. People like Wycliffe, Coverdale, Tyndale. Who are these people? So that you Christians will know what Bible is. Bible is not paper. God didn't give Bible in paper. When he even gave Ten Commandments, he didn't give it on paper. He gave it on the rock. So if Bible is now in iPad, somebody saying that it's not a Bible, he's uneducated, he's naive. They should send him 300 years <laughs> back. Hallelujah, somebody. Okay, now, maybe you have received that rubbish they are sending about. Just to let you know that Bible is not paper. God didn't give Bible into paper. And Bible was not written in paper. Paper was not discovered when Bible was written. Uh, so next Sunday, you will do that. So, they sat in darkness. <laughs> for they are rebelled against the word of God which is written in the Holy Bible. The Bible says something, you say, well, as far as I'm concerned, then demons will bind you. How do you get that? Many, many um, uh, um, you know, terrible circumstances arranged by the devil against us is as a result of our rebellion. Okay? So, understand that. The second thing is the counsel of the Most High. The counsel of the Most High is what you are hearing from me now. Reading the Bible and hearing the message. The counsel of the Most High. As I'm speaking to you, it is the Most High that is counseling you. Helping you to understand what you should do. I've heard some people say that the one who is preaching, does he do that that he's telling us to do? It's like asking your lecturer that I will not I will not believe your lecture because I don't think you are you also believe what your lecture. The day they give you a question and you write what you think in your head, he will answer you that you have to believe my lecture whether I do it or not. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. The message of God that comes from our lips, God uses us as a vessel to speak. And Jesus says, those of us who preach the word will be joined with stricter measure. Understand that. What you hear me say to you to do, if I don't do it, if your punishment is 50 degrees, my own punishment will be 100 degrees. So is anybody who preaches the word. So we have to do what we teach you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Don't go there. It says in the former book of the Lord, I began to write about what Jesus began to do and to teach. You were here on uh, the week when I was teaching leaders. What about leaders? The book of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, chapter 13 verse, uh, verse 7. Uh, what did he say? Go there and come back here. No, 17, sorry. What did he say? Uh-huh. It says, it says that they will give what? Did you not hear that? So if a preacher doesn't do what he preaches, what will happen to him? So either you are a pastor or you are a member of the church or you are a leader or deacons, deaconesses, elders and evangelists. And Kurito, if you don't do what the Bible says, what happened to you? I didn't hear what he's saying. 
you will give account. So those of us who teach you, we teach you as men who must stand before God and give accounts. Isn't it? Yes. Now let me help you understand something. Look at the other one. Chapter, chapter uh, 13 verse 7. Look at that verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. And do what? So you must not go to a church where you cannot imitate the pastor. The day you see Apostle Williams change his wife, all of you who have wife, run for your life. You didn't hear what I say. The day I tell you that Holy Spirit said that my wife is not my wife, somebody else is my wife. Oh, God, I permit polygamy. Oh, no, you can always change your wife. I mean, God is not, in, God is not unhappy. If you remain here, those of you who are yet to be married, who are with ladies, you carry your bag and baggage, run for your life. Because the anointing that made me change my wife will come upon every man who follow me and they will be changing wives. Yeah, go and look at the churches, they do that. The whole life is scattered. Family life is nonsense, it's useless. Who told you that God changed? A man changed his wife, he's on his pathway to hell. Do you have to like what I'm saying? You know what I pray for men who change their wife? May God change them too. Yes. A woman who labor with you where you are nothing. Now you have a little flesh in your ear. You think you are somebody. Who put the flesh there? Is it not a cooking? <laughs> she cooked you where they met you. Your neck was size 13. Taller than your body. Now the woman package you well. <laughs> pump you with food. Now you are having some cheeks covering the skeleton in your cheek before. And then your neck is now shrinking inside. And then your, your, your belly is now competing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then sometimes we can't even know whether this is, the, this is the wife or the husband. By the way, you look. And then you now say, hey, who are you by the way? What did you do in my life? I don't know why God brought you to my life. Why he brought you to your life to discipline you? And she's doing it. Hallelujah. Somebody. You must imitate us who preach the word. So if you are a Christian, you cannot go to a church where the pastor is not what he preaches. You can't go to a church where you cannot emulate the pastor. A pastor teach you love, must show love in church. Not the one that before he finished preaching, he had the, everybody close their eyes and he goes by the window every day. When will a shepherd be among the sheep to hug them, to kiss them, to shake them, to share with them? If a pastor doesn't do that, why should he pastor you? Why should he pastor you? The Bible calls a pastor shepherd. Shepherd is a person who is in the midst of the sheep. You can't, hand, you can't shake your, your general verse here. With general words. What is the general in? If he calls himself the father of the house, why can't you touch him? Is he fire? If he's fire, you too you are fire. Because you are also the, the child in the house. I would gather now. So those who preach the word of God must live by the word of God. We must live like Jesus who... Can you find a Jesus who will come to this church and nobody can touch him? He will just be waving his hand like this to all of you. And as he's moving, you are falling. That's not the Jesus I'm serving. It's not the Jesus I'm serving. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. I told them in, in New Cross. Can you imagine... So, yeah, somebody said that, anointing, 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 and he put his shoe. He said, this is anointing in your shoe. Kiss it, kiss it. Everybody is running to his shoe. 
Are they not all mentally derailed? They need psychiatric work in, in those places. Hallelujah. Because if the God you serve is so stupid that he will put anointing holy thing on a shoe that you use in scrubbing the ground, then that must be the devil, not the God of Israel. Every man who did that, they are liars. They are messengers of Satan. I say so. It is so in the scripture. Don't follow them. You must follow those who are example as of Christ. So therefore, for they have rebelled against the word of the Most High and despised the counsel. The next thing is that God subjected them. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, stumbled, and there was no one to help them. That is people who rebel against the word of God and against the counsel. It leaves you in a staggering world. You can't know your left from your right. You think this is the right thing you do, you get into trouble. You think that's the right way you do, you get into trouble. All what you labored for, for years and struggle, you just go like that. All right, because of rebellion against the words of God and against counsel. So therefore, the next verse, then they did what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Say one more time. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what God did what? Did you hear that God said, no, 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 hear. When these people cried to God, did you hear God said that I'm fed up of you? Listen to me. There is no sin that God cannot forgive. If only you repent. Don't let the devil deceive you that you have been reckless in sin. If Boko Haram repent now, he'll be saved. If Isis, the head of Isis, repent now, Jesus will save him. I use those two names because they are the most feared name today under heaven. Isn't it? If, if they hear in England that the head of Boko Haram slipped into England through the border. <laughs> or that head of Isis, just they found him in Camberwell. And he is the real one. I'm sure that all the members of Scotland Yard in all cities, they will all assemble in, in London or America. And they said they found him in Washington. I'm very sure that the, the chaos that will be in Washington, D.C., it will be of no, no level. But you see, because those guys are so terrible, wicked, ferocious, and heartless. But if they repent and ask Jesus for mercy, you know, we'll forgive them. If Jesus can forgive such a terrible people, what is your problem? You have to, if you know you have rebelled against the word of God, and you are rebelled against the counsel that comes from the pulpit, you know it, if you are in a problem. What God doesn't want you to do is to be glorying in your demise. That's what the devil wants you to be. Or to sit down and be saying, you know, well, well, there's no well. Humble yourself before the Lord. Ask Him for mercy. The prayer of deliverance will not help you. These are people who are bound. The Bible didn't say they should go to somebody else to pray for them and deliver them. The Bible says that they should cry and tell God, I am sorry. This is what I have done wrong. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. And the Bible tells me if you can humble yourself and ask God for mercy, 
The Bible says, then God will hear from heaven and God will save you from your distress. God will deliver you from your problem. God will destroy the powers of demons over you. God will destroy, he will restore everything the devil has stolen from your life. Your Jerusalem shall be inhabited and your Zion shall become filled with the thing with good things. That is the word of the Lord. This is the church of God. If you find yourself in a dilemma because you have derailed from God, you don't need deliverance. If you see demons or you sleep and you have nightmares and all those stuff, you don't need anyone to deliver you. You only need to go to your knees and say to God, Lord, I am so sorry. What I have done wrong, if you know it, say, God, I have done this wrong, I have done this wrong, I'm sorry, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. There is nothing you can do when you are alive that God cannot forgive you. If you don't know, you tell God, look, I don't know what I've done wrong, but Father, please have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He will restore you. When God comes back to you, you think a demon will stand around you? By the presence of God, demons will run. And you will be perfectly restored. This is the word of the Lord. And we're going to do that right now. Let's stand up together on our faith. We're going to cry to God for knowledge and wisdom. You know, we started from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse um, 17. That God will fill me with the spirit of wisdom and revelation of Jesus. Shall we just begin to pray in the name of the Lord? Lift up your voice and speak to the Lord. Fill me, Lord, with the spirit of wisdom. Tell the Lord, open my eyes and give me insight. The Bible says he sent his word and he delivered them. Father, 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 we pray in the name of Jesus. Fill us with the spirit of wisdom and knowledge of you. Tell the Lord, help me to know you, the only true God. There is no sin that God cannot forgive. Jesus died for all sinners. He atones for our sins. Ask God for forgiveness. Ask God for mercy. Tell the Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus spoke a parable of this Pharisee and this Samaritan woman 